0: Probably breaking the uh, number one law of podcasting, which is being in a area where you can maybe hear nature in the background. I don't know. Wasn't it supposed to be all silent and professional sounding, like I'm in a studio? Um, I'm sitting here in my nice, uh, in my car. Uh, my back is stiff, and I'm starting to get paranoid about. Uh, If that's going to make it so I can't sleep as well tonight. And I got to get a massage. I don't have any money for it. And I'm sick of asking my friends for money. And uh, that makes it extraordinarily difficult to live life. Yeah, but that's, that's the least, right? Or is it the least of my worries? I mean, I just got done taking my second attempt at taking a nap in my car today since I'm not sleeping well in my apartment, uh, and since I wake up, I woke up today at 11 after sleeping part of the night in my overly stiff recliner chair that is not even suitable for relaxing. The other one I do have that actually, uh... Is comfortable enough to possibly sleep in part of the night, and I had learned to sleep in it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, seems to make me itch and feel like it's infested every time I sit on it. So maybe there's mold in it, or maybe I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I had someone yesterday tell me that I should not swear as much in these podcasts. But the first podcast was just raw emotion, so there's a lot of swearing in it, and uh, I don't necessarily need to swear. But when I'm in a bad mood and I'm talking about something, I try. It just kind of comes out. The in the in the scope of this podcast, you're probably going to hear different versions of myself. I have a disease. I have an illness that is very much very much affects me like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I may sound calm and okay and normal one day, and then if I'm in the middle of a flare-up, I may purposely do a podcast so you can hear what I sound like then, which is a gibbering mess. Uh, I would be one today if I didn't take those two naps in my car. can't even do it in my own apartment, isn't that? I wake up and I have to take a nap. I wake up tired and I have to take a nap. And the first one doesn't work, so I move somewhere else. And the second one maybe works, but now I'm not sure if I feel good or not. But I decided, screw it. I'm dedicated to this thing, at least for now. And my dedication sometimes runs out, so I need to force myself. To kind of go through this process of doing these podcasts, because I think down the road, maybe they will be helpful. Maybe that's the only purpose I have left on this, I almost sore on this world, on this planet, in this place, in this lifetime, is to get awareness going and maybe even bring some solutions out of the mix. So I'm going to try and tell you a little bit of my story. Uh, I think, I, I think there might be a way to, I don't even know if this thing pauses or if I can continue or not. I'm, I don't know how much energy I have to sit here and tell you my life story, but I'm going to try and summarize it. There's many of you out there who are suffering in different ways from different illnesses and different diseases and, uh, have had different Situations in life hit you pretty hard. So mine is going to be basically focused on the illness aspects. And a lot of times I like to get spiritual, but I, I think I'm going to leave that out and do that in a different version of this. You know, uh, I, I think I'm going to leave the spirituality aspect out of it and my relationship with my higher power or God because... Or that's a whole another discussion on its own. I mean, I can just say let's let's summarize that by saying I'm very disappointed. I feel like uh, I've had an abusive father, you know. If I want to talk about God, somebody who completely betrayed me and let me down and crushed my spirit. But again, that's that's another that's another episode. That's another discussion altogether. Uh, so let's get on to the other stuff, which is just my health, you know, and how it's been throughout the years. Then we'll go all the way back to me taking a shower in uh, high school, or in even yeah, like like I when I say high school, let's let's put it that way. I used to play sports. I know it sounds weird when I say take a shower. Just bear with me; it's not weird. Uh, I used to t- play sports a lot when I was younger. And sometimes I just never felt like I was my best. I didn't have my best energy. I didn't have my best self. Not mentally, just something physically was off. Uh, I don't know if this was something that I contracted when I was younger, but I do remember there were days I went to school and I just didn't have the energy or, or whatever to focus or didn't want to. I would wake up some mornings and then I'd sit down in the shower and I'd have to close my eyes and just like, like lay there some more with my eyes closed in the shower, sitting on the floor of the shower, letting the water, uh, you know, and it was, and it was seems like every day. And then somehow I made a connection that it was my allergies. I think I've just always had bad allergies my entire life. You know, I remember having a girlfriend several years ago, and every time I'd brush my teeth, she'd be like, What are you doing? Because I'd be like hacking and spitting stuff up. And I thought that was just what happens when you brush your teeth. I didn't know any different. I thought that was normal. Nobody ever told me, Holy shit, what's going on with you? Uh, and, and that was, you know, I thought it was just normal. So that, that was, you know, when I was younger and, and I'm in the shower and somehow I made a connection after having certain days I just didn't feel good that maybe it was my allergies and so I sort of would force myself to gag reflex you know and and end up throwing up like yellow snot would just come out like yellow mucus would come out of my throat and and like glob of it you know like a big and and, and flush down the drain and that was like that was like you know whatever i i i that was a normal occurrence or something you know uh, and there were just some days I was off, and just some days I didn't feel good, like i said uh and i, I remember one summer, so i I have to say this, I did start being a bonehead, I lived in a h- household where there was always alcohol available, my father. I don't want to talk about him too much, God bless his soul, because he suffered enough to where I feel like he made up for any of the wrongs that he did, which were quite a lot when I was younger. But I, he he also cared, but he was a mess. You can't be an alcoholic and, 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 and be straight-laced. Let's just put it that way. You can't have all your ducks in a row. Uh, yeah, he was successful in a sense. He ran his own business. But something happened, man, and he was broken emotionally at a young age. And I mean, I could get into that, too, in another episode. I don't know if that matters. It might. Some people believe that the things that happen in our childhood and and all that can affect us emotionally and create or exacerbate some of these illnesses. We've heard that from all sorts of different experts and gurus or whatever, you know. Um, But, yeah, so... Just growing up in that situation, uh, I just never, I just never felt at peace. In there. I just remember one summer because I started, I started drinking too much, as I was saying. Uh, but I don't know if this was related. I just remember one day, one summer, for a, like a few months at a time, I would just feel really hot and prickly. And then I would get red spots all over my arms and all over my body. Just appear out of nowhere. Hives, I guess you would say. And it started freaking me out. I didn't know what was causing it. I didn't know if it was my hockey equipment. There were times that, uh, and even to this, this day, if I work out, I can still have it happen. Unfortunately, I'm too sick these days to work out like I would like to. That's one of my dreams and goals, so to speak, is to get back to the idea that I can work out again, even just three times a week, throw the weights around, do a little cardio, you know, get on an Oculus headset and play some of the games that caused me to work up a sweat, you know, but uh, sometimes I would take a shower uh, after working out and uh, I would smell ammonia, and like, where, where the fuck? Where, excuse me, there is my language. Where the heck is that coming from? Um, and so, and it's funny. In my, in my, you know, several years ago when I was going through the, rigor, or the, the rigmarole, the the ringer of the uh, medical community, I remember telling a doctor that. Hey, you know, sometimes when I take a shower, this may have something to do. Uh, you know, I've heard that brain fog is connected with having too much ammonia in the brain, and I know that I've taken showers before, and multiple times, when I'm in the shower, I can smell ammonia, and maybe that's what's washing off my skin. And of course, the do- oh, that's just not possible. Literally, what the doctor said, just dismissed it. Oh, it's not. it's just that's just not possible. Oh, great. All right. Uh, anyway. Or I could leave out my hockey equipment. I was a goalie, so I would have, like, the pads. And if if there was... Usually you would hang out your equipment overnight. But once in a blue moon, you know, I'd forget. And sometimes when I would forget, the same thing. My entire goalie pads would smell like ammonia. I I don't know what was going on, you know. Uh, so there was that. And then, uh... You know, they say, these traumatic experiences, they say, there it is, I'm 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 breaking the laws of podcasting by having the background noise. I, I mean, you know what, this is podcast is not professional yet, and if it ever gets there, then I'll have one of those studios I'm sitting in that, you know, I can pay for because I have advertisers and blah, blah. I'm not even saying that's my goal. <laughs> I'm just trying to survive, and I figured this has got to be a way to do it. There's got to be something. I gotta. I gotta at least speak uh, my story and try and get other people's stories, and then try and get other people who are helping. And that's the goal right now, because I don't. I, it's not gonna do me any good to fucking have advertisers if I'm gonna be on the street or if I'm gonna be too sick to even give a shit. Sorry, there's my swearing, but I'm just being honest. If people don't like my, if they're going to, if there's, if you're going to be holier than thou and judge my my podcast because I'm suffering and sometimes I have to use swear words, then you're not necessarily a great person. You're lying to yourself. If you're going to judge someone who's suffering and in pain, and I'm not trying to be, I don't want sympathy. I'm not trying to be the victim either, but I'm saying someone has suggested, or I've talked to other people who consider themselves righteous or Christians or good people or this or that, and they will just tear you apart because, oh, you use the wrong language. Do I? Who's to say? Who's to say I use the wrong language? You know, <laughs> I, try, I try, but when you're in anguish and you're sick and you're suffering, sometimes censoring or, or figuring out to say the exact right word, it just it just doesn't work. So, using too much substances back in the day, I think as a way to cope with just the weirdness of my life, or maybe I was just an idiot. I don't know. We're young and we're experimenting. I didn't get crazy. I never used anything off the wall crazy. I mean, like most kids, I drank and maybe smoked some marijuana here and there. But one time I was smoking marijuana, and this is how brilliant we are. Uh... We decided to give blood, you know, give an ounce of blood. So it must have been around when I was 18. I think you had to be 18 to give blood. And then uh, once we gave an ounce of blood, we figured, oh, we'll be cool. Now we can smoke weed and drink some alcohol. And uh, we'll get more high because we have less blood in our body. Stupidest thing. Stupidest thing I've ever done, right? I don't even know if it really made a difference. Because maybe we just got super high. Maybe we just went and were smoking weed out of a carburetor pipe. Maybe something was laced. I didn't I, I wasn't into getting things laced or into trying different drugs or whatever, but maybe someone laced it. I don't know, And I had my first panic attack, my first anxiety attack. I thought I was dying, I thought I couldn't breathe. I remember it was raining outside, and I went outside and I was trying to like swallow the rain. I felt like I was you know I was convinced I was going to die. I'm sure some of you or many of you have had panic attacks. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, I was really high, and then I eventually kind of metered off, and I, I became just high again, and I was laughing and having a good time. But for that several minutes, it was like hell on earth. So that started everything as they say i mean that started the big stuff let's just put it that way for a while or it was like maybe a couple weeks later or a week later or a few days later i don't know what it was i was i was driving around and i think i felt guilty over something anyway at that point or felt depressed about something or not very happy about some activity i was taking part in or something and uh, all of a sudden, I had a panic attack, and I wasn't high, and uh, man, not cool, that set off an avalanche, because then, you know, some sort of hypersensitivity kicked up, I was convinced that I was going to go crazy, that I was going crazy, that I was going insane, all my life as I was younger, I always noticed I had a propensity to worry about things like getting possessed by demons or going crazy and becoming a psychopath or something like that. I don't even know where that stuff comes came from, but it harangued me and harassed me for the longest time. And now I had evidence, I had evidence that I was going to go crazy. And because of that second panic attack, I spiraled into just going batshit I was freaking out, thinking I was going crazy, thinking it was the end, I was gonna go nuts, I was gonna become a serial killer like that, like I didn't have any control over that, like I was just gonna snap, my my brain was gonna disappear, like my mind was gonna disappear and snap and I was gonna be raving lunatic, you know, inside a mental asylum, you know, in a padded room with a straight jacket on, screaming at the top of my lungs, all day, every day the rest of my life. And, uh, I I started freaking out. I just remember, you know, I would be taking a bath. This is probably some of the stuff that was the beginning of the health anxiety, which already we had just in a more psychiatric way. But I was sitting in a bathtub and, uh, and as my heart would beating, I would notice that just like my right below my chest, like the, the, the belly area just right below my chest would be kind of just bouncing a tiny bit. And I thought that was something seriously wrong. And I would freak out. Uh, I started getting really heavy prayers, you know, into the Bible, watching Christian shows, crying, freaking out. It was a terrible, terrible time of torture and hell. Uh, just absolutely horrible. And then, uh, I think I decided at one point that in order to deal with it, uh, I needed to fill my mind and my, my time with, with stuff that was going to keep me too busy to be focused on my own fears and nonsense. And so I made a move, and that was I'm going to go in the military. I'm going to go into the Army because I know for at least eight weeks I'll be in boot camp, and they're going to keep me busy 24-7, and I won't have time to be in my head worried about other shit. And that worked for the most part Uh, for a little while. I mean, I went through basic training. I don't think I had one panic attack while I was in there. Oh, by the way, I did learn some techniques. What was that after? I don't know. I, I we'll get into that in a little bit. It might have been before, it might have been after that I started learning EFT and ways to shut off my panic attacks. I can't remember now. Uh that's probably it was probably after. I don't know. Anyway, so So yeah, that was that was what happened then. You know, I went into the military, I spent some time in there. Uh I got all the way through it was, I kind of normalized. I went through basic training. I actually went into AIT, which is a school. I had myself a little girlfriend at least for a minute in there. You know, we'd make out on the couch and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, uh, but that was, uh, uh, that was kind of like short-lived a little bit. I mean, it was a few months and then I had another panic attack in I had another panic attack once I got to my permanent duty station at Fort Bragg and uh, then I started seeing the army doctor and they I think they put me on clonopin. they don't even mess around they're not even like oh well let's see if we can figure out if it they're just like here just take this heavy stuff right away stop the panic attacks I didn't know clonopin was a benzo I didn't know it was I didn't know the reputation of benzos at that point and sometimes I would just I mean I took it every day like it was no big deal and uh Eventually, I, uh, you know, I would start, you know, doing normal stuff like oh, let's go out and have some drinks and stuff like that. So, <laughs> then I'm drinking alcohol on benzos, not even thinking about it. You know, I don't know if any of this stuff damaged me permanently or not. I got out of the army at some point. I think my health... There were some episodes in the Army where things were a little weird, you know, a couple times, but mostly I think that was when I was also super healthy, and I think when you're super healthy, it makes it at least somewhat easier to fight off these illnesses. That's not to say that these illnesses can't overcome that at some point and then just make you not healthy, which happened to me as well, at least at some point later in my life. And... um, so that was it man I got I got out of the army I went back to the real world and then I went and started seeing a you know a regular psychiatrist who was like here take some Depakote we're gonna get you off the Clonopin. take some Depakote take some Paxil and that just started this whole thing where I was super depressed again but this time it seemed like I was overly depressed I didn't have emotions really except for I just always felt like life was crap I always felt alone, I always felt unrelatable, I felt unlovable, and I think that was a theme that I had developed since I was younger, which is another thing that I get mad at God for, so to speak, is I I feel like at some point when I was young, I was like bright and shiny and happy and had this view of the world as this beautiful, magical place, and then just that was systematically crushed out of me over time from experiences, and then, you know, when I'm starting to old enough to like girls, I was already messed up enough to where I couldn't relate to them, and and I couldn't get them, and I thought there was, you know, plus I had an abusive father, all that kind of stuff marshmallowed, I don't know if that's the right word, snowballed, into me feeling an intense feeling that I was unlovable, that there was something wrong with me that didn't that wouldn't attract people but it was really just because I didn't know it was my job to go up and express interest in girls I thought that they were supposed to do that to me you know and sometimes I'd see a girl in school and we'd start the thing where you know for a few days we would be looking at each other and smiling at each other and then one day she would stop and I was like oh that stinks uh nothing ever came of that. She must not like me anymore. What's going on there? And I didn't realize it was my job to go up and say, Hey, do you want to have lunch together today? Or, you know, I didn't, that was, I didn't get, that was my job. That's a whole other ballgame. But because of that, I just felt like uh, there was an intense feeling of loneliness and unhappiness and that, you know, uh, praying to God, God, please find me a girlfriend one day and all that. And once in a while I would, I would come across a girl, but I didn't have the skills or ability to make anything happen, you know, uh, maybe it would, something would happen for a minute, but not, you know, that I'm, I'm being a goof. Uh, so anyway, that being said, <sighs> All that, I just think all that negative energy and then having the crash and then uh, the panic attacks and coming out and getting on Depakote and Paxil and eventually being on that for like a couple of years or however long. And I was still doing stuff, but I just always seemed like in my life, I would go to have things, I would try to accomplish things and then something would get in the way. And a lot of times it would be my own bonehead decision, or if it wasn't, plenty of times, plenty of times, things outside of my control would happen to crush whatever it was that I was doing at the time. So I was still coping and and getting through life, but it was like one mistake after another. And, and always, it seems like always at prime moments where I look back and I'm like, man, that could have gone this way, or that other situation could have gone that way. And, you know, I, maybe a lot of people do this. I don't know, but all these things just would go wrong, you know. Like working at a nightclub, I got finally got hired at this nightclub after going to bartending school, and it was pro- it was a really cool nightclub at the time. Concerts would happen there, and all that kind of stuff. And that, but my father was disappointed. I have no idea why he was. I think he was the one that. You well, know, maybe I paid for the bartending school with money I had left over from the military. But he was just like, No, you gotta get a normal job. You gotta get a normal job. Rah, rah, rah. And he you know, and I think just to please him, which is the second time I made this mistake in my life, and it was the first being that I played hockey growing up. And I end up I don't like hockey at all now. I played it and I was super competitive and really good. But it was never really my sport. Man, this is there's just so much stuff to talk about, and I can't do it all in like just one podcast. These are things I'll have to touch on in other podcasts or something. But they're just playing this. So let's just keep on track. The second decision that was really bad is he's like, "Go get a job in a factory and become respectable." And da da da. da. So I quit this job where I could have been a bartender making money hand over fist at a nightclub, which probably would have started me because once you get into that kind of position, now you're. And if you do a good job, then guess what? Next time it's going to be easier to get a job because you're already established so now you're like yeah I worked at this nightclub and for like a couple years and da, 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 and then you bounce to the next place and then you know I, and I was also really good at making drinks and stuff so so yeah but then I was like okay I'll listen to my father and, and go work in a factory in Grand Rapids and I fucking hated it I hated every minute of it for three months I hated it absolutely hated it i was depressed all the time unhappy and uh then i i i quit i was like i'm not doing that anymore uh and i think i came back and i don't remember if i started working in music stores i my my timing is messed up or what I think so. I think I started working at like Harmony House and Camelot Music, you know, like Tower Records kind of places uh, and selling music. And I really liked that. Uh, But I was still taking these these pharmaceutical drugs and stuff like that all the time. and, And so I don't know. I noticed moments of normalcy and joy back then. But I also noticed that there's a lot of times when I think about it, where I was just in pain and 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 not doing well. You know, sometimes if I forgot to take the medication or something like that, it would make my eyes feel really weird and uncomfortable. So I don't know. I just know at some point that didn't work out too. There was always weird drama involved. You know, at these places, but there was a lot of good times too. I started meeting girls, I started having fun, uh, and it was it was it was a pretty good time. So things were going well. I uh, know I'm kind of getting off. I, I You guys want to hear about the illness stuff, and but this is all. I feel like this is all you know plays a part because you know, like I said, I was still in the pharmaceuticals, and then what happened was I think I got let go, strongly let go from, uh, like, you know, encouraged to quit, uh, harmony house because there was a girl there who ended up having a crush on me and I wasn't reciprocating. And so she was getting all emotional and causing problems. So because of that, you know, my manager just tried to, you know, encourage me to quit Uh, Well, that's, that's cool. You know, that's how life is sometimes, I guess. Probably, you know, so I'm like, okay, well, I guess so. And then that was the end of that. So I kind of slipped back into being a little depressed. And next thing you know, I'm like, screw this, screw blah, blah, blah. And I think, yeah, that's the point where I said, screw everything, screw life. Every time I try to do something, I like, you know, uh, things go south, And I think that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to start smoking weed again. I'm not, I'm done taking these medications. They make me feel depressed and crappy. And so I'm going to, wait a minute. No, I think I did that before I got, maybe that's what happened. I'm not sure. At some point I decided if I have to take all these medications. Now I remember I was high at Harmony House though. Uh... But towards the end, so maybe that's what happened. I don't know. So so there you go. Who knows what happened? I do know that that situation with that girl did happen because she had a crush on me and I was not interested. So she would throw these fits at work and, you know, try and start drama with me and all this kind of stuff. And I was just, like, not having it. But because she would make such a big fuss and start crying and throwing a temper tantrum over the, you know, whatever. She... uh, that happened. But you know, I, yeah, I I do recall still smoking weed at that. And I I felt like it was the biggest mistake of my life at this point. Like I should have not did it, but I did. Uh, But but that was sort of the, the, at some point I was just like, I can't stand taking these drugs anymore. If I'm going to have to take drugs, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And I'm going to start smoking weed and numb out these messed up emotions I have. And I did that. And then for jeez, six or seven years, I was high every day. No panic attacks this time. Just high all the time, and I was able to function a little bit better. I went and got a job at a coffee shop, and everybody there smoked weed, so it was fine. Uh, I know this is turning into my life story, but this is laying the foundation for for these for these terrible illnesses and you get what I'm saying because it was like I started having sleep issues at some point while I was smoking marijuana or at least I started noticing sleep issues happening my back stiffening up and things happening but I was also living in a very unhealthy environment you know I lived in a sort of a basement area that would always like sometimes would flood the carpet would get soaked up with water and then probably get moldy as far as I knew probably because I mean how would you clean it up it just dried up on its own I was sleeping in that environment for years sometimes the sump pump in the basement would uh shut off and the it would literally flood inches and I would just go down in my bare feet because it's like well I could put on shoes and ruin them or what else am I going to do I didn't have any plastic waders or boots and uh go down and just uh you know plug in. I know it's dangerous, right? I don't know why I never thought of that. Plug in the, uh, the sump pump, turn it back on, reset it, whatever I had to do to get the thing going. And it would, uh, suck out the water. There you go. Multiple times, dozens of times, probably, you know, uh, never got it permanently fixed. Uh, it wasn't my house. So, but at the same time, you know, this is just crazy environments like that, and then starting to notice these little sicknesses starting to pop up around my late twenties, and at some point i was I was developing sleep problems and uh and, and it was starting to get you know like my back like I said my back would stiffen up it's like stiff right now, so I'm thinking about it, and I would have to go to the psychiatrist. Not the psychiatrist, Jeez, my brain is... The, here's, there's the brain fog at work. I would have to go to the, the masseuse and, and find a masseuse who could dig into my back and get me to feel okay. Uh, and then I think around 31, like this is like a fast-forwarding, I decided, you know what, I'm done. I can't smoke weed anymore. But during the weed, I developed bulimia. I would smoke a lot of weed then go binge and purge on food and throw it up all over the place, you know, like in the toilet, basically. And um, I did that a lot. And I remember saying to myself because I had a low self-esteem, cell, I was a little chubby, and I didn't, I didn't like to be, you know, chubby guy. I wanted to be good-looking guy. I was still having issues with the girls not liking me, which didn't make sense because I, I did when I was working in music stores. I wonder if my timeline is just messed up and I'm jumbling all this in together. I'm not really sure what, because it does, none of it really makes sense now that I think about it. Like I had a low self-esteem thinking that I was not likable. Even though I had attracted some very, very attractive girls. Very beautiful uh, at, at that age. Um, you know, several, like a few, like definitely not like, I'm not like an award winning, like Will Chamberlain or something like that, but definitely a few. So, um, but the weed does something to you. It makes you antisocial and it makes you so you can't really talk. I could, me anyway, I couldn't really relate and talk to people. I think part of the idea too, was that I had all these anxiety and problems in my head a lot, especially when it was springtime that's the other major one. There's no way I can do all this right now. It's 35 minutes. I just got to be a trooper, man. I listen to some of these shows and these guys are on for like three hours, these talk show hosts. So 35 minutes, stop being a, uh, a wing me. And let's, let's, let's get through this. This may help someone someday, or if I'm just rambling and you're bored, man, feel free to let me know that too. If you have a way go on my chronic illness uh twitter account and say you're boring shut up or you know i appreciate your story this is really helping me relate you know i can understand some of the stuff that you went through yada 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 but anyway it's because of the weed made me feel depressed and lonely all the time but it was clouded enough to where i didn't feel depressed it was just hiding my depression And then eventually I was like, I can't, eventually the depression started seeping out through the, through the buzz of being high. And I, at at some point decided, dude, I'm throwing up all the time. I'm killing myself, you know, and I remember throwing up, like I said, I was going to say this before and saying, man, this is probably not really good for me at all, but I'll worry about that later. (laughs) Don't ever say that to yourself. If you're listening to this and you're young enough to not be super sick yet, get help, get help. (laughs) Just go get help. Do not say you're going to put it off till later. Because later is going to suck. Bad. If you've got some health problems, you're not really sure what, if it's emotional, if it's physical, try to get the help you can. I know in this crazy world, it's not as awesome as it could be. But not doing anything is even worse. And you'll we'll talk about that. Maybe I'll do a part one right now and stop it around 45 minutes or something and then we'll do a part two because I'm not necessarily three hours nobody's going to listen to my podcast for three hours and I'm brand new part one so I'll do a few more minutes and then we'll do part two tomorrow I'm getting tired anyway and I want to figure out what I'm going to do about my back if anything so I decided to get off the weed and at 31 I started trying to do a lot of stuff with self-help and other things like that You know, uh, I wanted to take control of my life. I wanted to take control of my love life. I read a lot of psychology books. I got into that PUA stuff. I got into self-help gurus like Tony Robbins and and all these other guys. You know, I got into just random anything that had to do with psychology or self-help, spirituality, the Tao Te Ching, Deepak Chopra type stuff, and Lao Tzu, and you know, the list goes on and on. Wayne Dyer, you know all these other people, just anything I could think of that was going to make me go in a positive direction. And the illness was there all through my thirties, but I was having success now in my love life. So I was, I was convinced, well, if I can do this, man, this was the hardest thing, you know, learning to meet, uh, and attract, uh, you know, partners in my life, women in my life, girlfriends in my life was the hardest thing, even harder than figuring out how to stomp out the panic attacks, which I had done earlier learning EFT and stuff like that. And, and that was, I did have, I did revisit that and we'll get into that too. Uh, so that happened in my thirties too. I forgot about that. I didn't forget. It's just that there's so much to this story. Uh, man, I don't know if I want to get into all this right now. It's 39 and it's 39 minutes in 39 minutes in. When I, but just getting into my father passing away, it was going to be the next topic and how that affected me and how it, it sort of has created this doom sentence upon me that I feel like, you know, because it goes back into the family line. And I think maybe I'll get into that in part two, like this is now getting tedious and tedious for me not uh, hopefully not tedious for you maybe too for you as well Uh, there's going to be a lot more to this but I have to have the energy to do it and I'm sitting in my car starting to get humid I hate heat and I hate humidity some of you may be able to relate to that I hope that something good can come out of this podcast and I have the energy to do all the things I want to do which like I said is to get people on this show who can help to try and find solutions to this horrible situation, I'm talking to other people today who are telling me about their situations, with their illnesses and their living situations, and it's like this has got to this has got to be epidemic proportions. There's people out there who are stuck in horrible situations, horrible situations, and uh, they need they need help. We all need help. I need help. I don't even want to go back to my goddamn apartment today. Oh, there it is again. That's that's this raw emotion when I do that. I don't want to go. It does feel like a a goddamn apartment because it's infested with something. It's making me uncomfortable. I've made changes. Now my back is sore. Now I got to figure out. I'm I'm starting to go off into that panic zone. So yeah, maybe I should cut this short. This will be part one. And uh, hopefully I can do part two in the next day or so and continue my story so that if this ever becomes something good, people can look back and go, yeah, man, he was, uh, I, can, I, can, I get it, I get it, man. I was there, too, because we haven't even gotten to the really bad stuff. Yes, the horrible panic attacks and that stuff. When you're in it, it goes on and on, and it seems like the end of the world. But it's beca- but, but my life has been so much more <sighs> challenging since then that that stuff seems like child's play compared to what comes next. And uh... Jesus. Jesus yeah, we'll talk about this later. So anyway, thanks for listening. And I, I I intended to do the whole thing, but now I'm realizing I I don't have the energy to do like a two hour, three hour podcast. I'm going to have to cut it down until I can build up into baby steps or whatever you want to call it. Babies. I don't, I'll, I'll see you later.